What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome to Friday night. It's 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, your place for the unfiltered experience with myself, Christopher Ross, your no excuses coach, and he did it right, Scott Coyette. And I'm uh, repping my and got no excuses. And in case you guys wanted something else to jump behind, gotta believe. Oh, we gotta believe, baby. I love it. If, if you I, believe, I gotta... if you believe first, then you can create clarity in your vision and become everything you wanted to become but you got to believe first chris you got to believe you do first. you do you got to believe you got to have no excuses and then you got to go love now but my go love now is it's uh, fading it's, i gotta get some more off it's more <laughs> often the other one i just added was uh committed to win-win world committed to nice. a win-win world that's so a that's a that's a stephen covey seven habit seventh habit kind of thing get the win-win relationships and all that we do i love it Absolutely. And we're here to win-win with you guys, our unfiltered family. Thank you guys so much for being here, whether you're live or on the replay. We appreciate you. We love you. And as always, go to www.theunfilteredexperience.com for additional information. Join our Facebook group, join the conversation. And by all means, let us know what topics and potential guests that you would love to have us here on the Unfiltered Experience. We would appreciate that very much because we're here to let you have amazing conversations, experience those, and change your perspectives about your truths and your beliefs so that you can rock and roll your life on your own terms. So tonight, we have an amazing show for you tonight. Um, my friend and my fellow coach is going to be on here in just a moment. And we're going to be talking about ways that we can lift up your vibrational energy and, and get you more in touch with the intuition of trusting your gut and your soul in this crazy and chaotic world. So we're going to try to help you uh, remove the distortions from your perspectives and your beliefs with everything that we've gone through the last couple of years, get you set up to be able to just have a different opportunity for moving forward to really believe in yourself and to take some progressive actions into getting away from your fears and stepping more into love. And so our guest tonight is Kim Summers Egglesey, and she is a, a, a spiritual coach and mentor. Um, she's an author. She's a fellow podcast host, and she's just a great all-around person. So we are welcome, excited to welcome Miss Kim Summers Egglesey to the Unfiltered Experience. What's up, Kim? It's good to see hey, you. Hey, hi. Happy to be here. Rock nice. and roll. How's, how's life for you today? Awesome. Yes. It's a beautiful day in Huntington Beach. Yeah, Huntington Beach. I was just, I was just literally wearing. It's funny you mentioned. That, I was just wearing my uh, long sleeve shirt that says Huntington Beach. And my, oh my son, God. and my son said he goes, and he's he's learning how to read. He's five years old, and he and without even saying anything, he goes, Dad, that's from Huntington Beach. I'm like, how cute. Like, yeah, you do. I said, he goes, he knows that's my stomping grounds. That's where we go down and go to the beach. So we'll have to hook up for for drinks or coffee or yeah, something like that. But anyways, thank you and welcome for welcome to the show. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking about ways we can help people become more intuitive and clear some distortions out of their lives, as I said in the opening of the show. So for our first question for you, what has the last two years in COVID and everything else that's been going on in the world, what has that brought for you in terms of your own personal growth and si some of the things that maybe the realizations you've made in your own life uh, that has helped you kind of clear some of the distortions for yourself? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a time to to go inward. And I, I mean, the, the positive of it, I felt was that we had a lot more family time and family bonding time for sure being locked down and doing everything school and work from my house. Um, and so and you know, luckily, we're here in Huntington Beach, so you can go in the backyard and feel the beach breeze. But, but yeah, it felt like a movie like everybody probably agrees it felt really surreal and crazy at times and scary. Like back then I remember going to the grocery store and bleaching the groceries and leaving them in the garage and all kinds of weird, crazy alien crap. Um, yep. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it was the time to, to learn how to go inward, meditate more. Um, I've never been that great at meditation. So what I learned is to 
turn on sound healing on YouTube and just lay there and, and listen to the vibrations. And then it, then it kind of eased me into actual meditation where it's comfortable to sit in silence. But for me, there were some struggles. I, I, I had a lot of hormonal issues the last few years and it really reached a peak to where I was drinking way too much wine. And I realized that cause I was self-medicating yep. and I realized that I, I had to stop that and end up getting on the right medication, became sober and feel much more present and high vibration than I ever did before. So that, that all happened in that last couple of years. That is so awesome. The fact that you it. took that time to, 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 to go inward and really kind of identify some of the things that were clouding your own perspective and things. Um, talk to us about that meditation because uh, I personally have just gotten into it probably in the last three or four years. Uh, thanks to Scott. What was it for you? What kind of tips could you give for people who are like you were, who hadn't really done it before, but now that you've done it, what are some of the, the positive things that you can implement or you could share that people can implement in their life when they meditate? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, over over the last like 20 years, I've done yoga. So I feel like that's a form of meditation and definitely can can help you be in the now. Anything that helps you be present can be seen as a meditation. So even if you're coloring or drawing or sitting at the table, looking out at a tree and noticing the little leaves and things, intricate details. But I think for those just starting out, start with a walking meditation and go, you know what, I'm going to go for a 15 minute walk and I'm going to go through all the senses. What do I see? List three things. What do I hear? What do I sense? That's a big one because a lot of people only pay attention to the five senses instead of going, well, wait, what do I sense? Can I sense anything? Is there energy in the air? You know, maybe even go as deep as like, do I sense any messages from passed on loved ones? Is God telling me something? Whatever, you know, wherever you believe, I think that's a form of meditation. But with the sound healing that I was mentioning, the awesome thing is I've learned from sound healers that even if you can't attend a sound healing in person, which that would be great if you could, do a sound healing, just turn one on on YouTube. I like to, to look up Buddhist flute music, Tibetan sound healing, and just push play, lay there, and just try to let the vibrations absorb within and around you. And a lot of times it'll get you into a place where you feel like you're even levitating. I mean, it, it can go deep. And it's really, it's just as long as you stick with it, it gets better and better every time. So that's, that's pretty cool. I like the better and better every time. And um, anything that, like you said, the flute music, you know, comes in a lot of the Tibetan stuff, anything yogic like that can be super powerful. Um, most of the people, and, you know, Chris will, you know, attest to this too, that, that we've coached, um, and I shouldn't say most, but a large percentage say, I can't meditate. This doesn't work for me, whatever. So I love the idea you're talking about the, the walking meditation, or for me, my meditation for years was basketball. It just, I, everything was gone and I was very present in the game. So that's where I went to get away from it all. Totally. Um, you know, my, my question for you is how can you get people to be less detached to some outcome? Cause they come in and they're like, I want to have this experience or this experience. And how can they just listen to flutes and go, cool, I'm listening to flutes. And what is even the purpose of doing that? Cause a lot of people push back, push back, push back. And if they just start, they're so much better off. Right, right. And I think it can go so deep as to say that the, the purpose of life, the purpose of meditation, and the purpose of being is to be as much in the vibration of joy and peace and happiness as we can. Because if we go back down to why do we want to achieve something, whether it be a state in meditation or some kind of success in your life, 
really it goes down to the feeling and the feeling hopefully everyone would want is is you know peace love harmony those kind of high vibration feelings elation feeling enthusiasm ecstatic and so if you can learn to have the ebb and flow of feeling like you're taking action on something and having a desire but also letting go which is such a weird paradox because you're you're having the balance of both but to be able to relinquish control and just go okay i'm going to let go and whether you believe in god or you believe in the universe or divine or whatever energy just let go and allow then magical things can enter and so you you have to get in that place of trusting and having faith because the more you're in control you're attached and there's a force and what happens is the force is actually a negative vibration and it will cause you to have more stress or to yeah. maybe block something from coming in and so to have less stress it's just the practice and i know you know i'm someone who thoughts will keep going sometimes, you know, or I get distracted. And so you have to just keep resetting and going, all right, who cares if that few minutes I wasn't aware, I'm going to just sit here and see if I can even get three minutes in and then it'll grow. Cool. Nice. I love that. So when you talk about that, you know, that's one thing we've talked about a lot about on the show and in our coaching programs is the fact of that, what you just said, you know, that surrendering that, that for me personally, that was one of my biggest things when I was in corporate is I was so committed and dedicated to results. I was always committed. Okay. What do I got to do at plan ABCD to be able to figure out what the outcomes were, or I was Monday morning quarterbacking other stuff and not, not pontificating on it necessarily, but always trying to learn and grow from that. But one thing I was never being was really in the moment. And that's something that I've really learned over the last couple of years, especially since my son's come around. Talk to us about maybe a time in your life where in, in surrendering and everything else, talk to us, maybe uh, whether it's a, yourself or a coaching client that you've been through where they've had a specific example of something they needed to surrender and let go of. And, and, and talk to us about that journey for, for either them or yourself. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'll go back to becoming sober. I mean, I was always, I never was a heavy drinker until I was self-medicating, but I would always socially drink. And so I experienced concerts and trips and hanging out and every weekend with drinks. And so letting go of that has been very strange because there's space there now. And it's like, oh, okay, what do I do with this space? And so it's, it's enabled me to go, okay, well, now I'm experiencing concerts and trips and experiences with higher senses. Like I'm able to just bring it all in more and nothing against drinking because that's fine if that's what everyone does or, you know, my husband still does, but it's allowed me to experience all of the senses and all of the, the vibrations and the colors and everything in life and kind of just surrender to it. Like, okay, well, this is what life is. I don't have to have anything like that to distract me or block me for me. And right. that's one of my examples. And I think too, like I, I have clients who, like you said, like, okay, I got to get to this goal and this goal and this goal. And it's like, well, wait, stop. That's fine. We all can have goals and want great, amazing things, even a nice new car or, you know, go buy a great expensive outfit. But go down to the why, why do you want that? And it really always goes back to the feeling. And so if you can still want those things and get to those things, but you're able to be in the moment of each thing while you're doing it, the process, then it's much more beautiful and you're able to be happier every day instead of just kind of in this weird driven mode. So, so you said something earlier, I wanna link both of those together and I, I love everything you, you were saying. So talking about stepping into a higher vibration, whether it's love, joy, or 
if we collectively embodied peace right now, and maybe in that collective embodiment, you know, war is no longer the part of the human condition that we just say just is. A lot of us, you know, have that tendency to say, that sounds very woo-woo, I'm going to raise my vibration. One of the reasons that we have that drink is that comfort in the moment that we're content. So how do we get somebody who's good enough, content, holding on to that certainty? How do we get that person to, in this space and in this moment, say, I'm going to experience joy by amplifying my senses? Because honestly, 20-year-old Scott says, that's bullshit, that's stupid. I'm getting drunk. I'm having fun at a party. <laughs> Everything you said makes no sense. Me too. I know we can all giggle and relate because we've sat in that moment where we're like, I'm at a bar doing karaoke loaded. We're going to an after party. I don't want to leave this moment. But that's an escape from a moment as humans we've already created with infinite beauty. How do we get people to say the distortion I've created isn't the beauty, the beauty what's been sitting here all along and I can elevate to that joy now because, you know, I can say it and you can say it and Chris can say it. It sounds kind of like bullshit. Tell me how that really makes sense. Because I want my 20-year-old self to listen. I want you to sell me right now, 20-year-old Scott, to leave the bar and go experience joy in life. Right, right. One. And and I, I agree. I think that um, a lot of people are on their own path. And, you know, even back then when I was in my 20s, I always had a curiosity about like, okay, what could be even better? What's higher vibration? I didn't quite understand it all completely yet, but I had that desire because I felt a sense that there was something bigger and better and higher and freer. Um, I think everyone can be on their own path and that's okay. The biggest mistake a lot of us make is trying to force someone to change or trying to change their path when they're not asking for help. We don't want to do that. We want to allow them to be on their own path and sometimes hitting bottom or maybe just feeling unhappy or feeling like something's missing makes them go, oh, wait, let me be open-minded to some of this peace, love, joy, woo-woo stuff. You know, and I think, I think, think that it's a good idea to for the light workers and the people that are coaching to try to just own the woo woo stuff and not we don't even need to label it as that because that's actually really what life is meant to be and I think that everyone's become very jaded and it's become a paradigm to just kind of be okay and stress and overwhelm or words that people use for saying that they're having powerful experiences like yeah i'm stressed and overwhelmed and it almost makes them seem powerful yes and so we're constantly using these low vibration words instead of saying you know what I'm in demand and I am challenging myself to be even greater. And I'm going to, even if it's just something small, like, okay, on my next trip, like somebody who's not into all this, but you say, okay, well, on your next trip, just go out in nature a little more than usual and breathe it in and see what you get out of it, you know, or mm-hmm. put your phone down for half a day, little things like that, just to kind of show them. But, but they, people have to be a little bit intrigued or interested first. We can't, we can't force them. Yeah, I, I love that answer because you kept going back to don't try to save people. And, and Chris and I have used the terminology that there's saviors in this world and they're like, do this, do this. I have the answers. And here's the deal. The minute I say I know and you don't know, I just shut down. I made that chasm even wider and wider and wider. And I think you nailed it is don't define it. Just go out and be it and maybe say, hey, what would happen if you did this and walk away? Like that's how you narrow that that gap. And that's how. Yeah you know, we call it the player mode. And so go out and and play as we're meant to do as humans play, enjoy yourself, 
be children with wisdom, enjoying this existence. And then people go, I'll have what they're having. And they'll walk over to you eventually. Pull it when Harry met Sally, go like, hmm, I want to yeah. do that. No sale needed. It's like, that seems good. I want to do that. Live you're talking about example. the you're talking about the restaurant scene, yeah, right? Yeah, the restaurant yeah. scene. I figure people figure it out. <laughs> but bottom line, if you've never seen when when Harry met Sally, um, Sally uh, is is essentially uh, doing something semi orgasmic, I guess, in a restaurant, just like just making some sounds, and everyone's like, "I'll have what she's having." And that's the point. <laughs> you know, we live in this orgasmic existence, and if you're living this high vibration, then and that's that's what I was hoping you'd say, and you just you nailed it is live in that vibration and other people will go. I didn't have enough people around me living in that space. And when they would show up, I'd kind of look and be like, I was maybe a little too scared or not ready or, or whatever. But the more people that show up, the more I have willingness to grow, the more things, you know, get us to this point. So right. that's, that's what happens. Right. When, when you, you, I think people get scared of, of breaking free from set cultural or religious rules that they've Huge. been brought up with. And I know for me, I was like that, you know, when I was younger, I was like, well, I have to do this and this because I've been taught this, even though my parents are pretty damn open-minded, um, just things you were taught in school or whatever, you know? And so just daring to go, well, instead of listening to those rules, let me tune into my heart and soul. And if it feels low or yucky, then that means I'm not meant to do that. But if I'm still feeling guided and that it's right, then that's the right path for me, you know, and trusting your inner voice and your inner self. How do you, so how do you do that? Cause that is, you just literally describe mm -hmm. the problem with humanity right now. We've <laughs> yeah. got pieces, a pieces of our identity and I'm a conservative, I'm a liberal, I'm a Christian, I'm a Islam, I've, I'm of Labels. whatever it is where you say I am and you own that. When that starts to be challenged, People literally will have no logic to back up anything they're saying because they they cannot consider growth if it has to do with this assumed identity. So mm -hmm. what can we tell people? Because, I mean, Chris and I and you, I'm sure we could go through 50 examples of how we release something that was definitive truth in our, our lives. Mm -hmm. What can we yeah. tell people to do to openly consider everything that we believe to be false and move into a new reality, even though some we swear, well, that's true. I'm not, I'm not going to challenge that. How can you go everything? Yeah. And I think, I think what's happening there, there is, there is 3d, 4d and 5d and more, you know, as mm -hmm. we ascend into higher vibrations and happier human beings and 3d, you know, when we're in the 3d, it means that we're really attached to material things and to beliefs and, you know, um, ego and um, this has to be true because it just is like you just said. Um, and then as we explore and become more intuitive and become more open to there's something else, this is actually not making me feel happy. This is low. Then we go into the 4D. And then as we let ourselves be more in the light, we get into the 5D. And so in, in layman's terms, I think a lot of times people are grasping for something. Like I know someone in particular that um, they really weren't very religious and political before and in the last couple of years they suddenly have become like maniacs about it but this person um is someone who would not talk about any issues they had during their childhood they have a lot of pent-up stuff that they haven't dealt with and so i think it's easier than sometimes facing the pain of dealing yep. with that they're latching on 
to an identity and then they 100%. feel powerful. They're like, oh, well, then I'm okay because I'm this, I'm, you know, I'm Take against control. whatever, you know, and, um, and they're not realizing that most of what they're obsessing or talking about is negative. <clears throat> it's, it's either hate filled or thinking they're righteous, which is also ego. And so I think it's an escape in some ways. And some of those people are just going to fall because they're going to go deeper and deeper into negativity and maybe depression. Whereas if they start to climb out of it, it will get better. And more and more people are doing that. Thankfully, sure. I've seen it. Um, and that's what's going to rise up, like you said, rise up and, and the energy is going to really help matters in war or even people that are divided. Yeah. Mm. So let's, so let's talk about what I'm hearing from the conversation tonight really is about, um, turning inward, obviously. And, and we've all done that type of work. And when I think about, you know, what people are going through to your point, Scott, and also Kim, what you just said, um, I think about, okay, where's, where's the root of all of this. And for me and the conversations I've had over the last couple of years, um, uh, it's been surprising to find out when I'm doing a complimentary coaching calls or whatever, and, and just seeing, starting to see a pattern. I started asking these people, uh, who were seeking coaching. I started asking them, I said, okay, I'm going to ask you a question and I don't want you to really think, I just want you to give me your gut, gut answer. And I would ask them, do you love yourself? Yes or no. And I would see people and I thought people were going to be like, oh yeah, of course I love myself. That's a stupid question. Well, I saw probably about 75, not, I mean, these aren't hard numbers, but probably 75 to 85% of the people had some sort of struggle with saying that they truly authentically congruently love themselves. Talk to us about what we can do to help people kind of have that journey to, 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 to have empathy and forgiveness, maybe for themselves or for others to be able to start that vibrational shift. Because I know for me, I held on to a lot of guilt and shame from other things that I'd done in my previous life. Um, so once, I got once I got to the point where I was able, doggy. Once I, I was able to get to the, we point all got dogs. To, uh, we all got. Yeah. <laughs> once we get to the point of, once I got to the point where like really examining, I'm like, wow, you know, once I have to have empathy and forgiveness, once I started having some more love for myself, my vibration started changing, my perspective started changing, the people I was attracting, so it all became this positive like cycle of of awesomeness. Talk to us about what that journey looks like to be able to get people to have more self love for themselves. Yeah, and I agree. That's an excellent point because if someone can't love themselves, they're going to either you know, turn to something else to latch onto, like we said, mm -hmm. or they're going to just kind of end up being like a depressed, monotonous person that just kind of robotically goes through every day. And you have to finally get to love yourself to really, truly be happy in life. And I see the same thing. Like I have a lot of clients that I'll say, okay, list a hundred things you love about yourself. And they're like, and that's a great exercise to do every few months, you know, because it reminds you like, okay, wow, I'm, I'm amazing. And then that way I can be kind and amazing to others. And most of the people can only get to maybe eight or 20 and I have to really help them and, and guide them and have them ask other people to get any higher than 20. So yeah, I think healing, I love what you said about guilt and shame because we all are human and we have gone through stuff. I mean, my God, there's, there's stuff I can look back and go, what was that even me? What, who was that? And, you know, doing the work and healing from it and realizing that we go through this crazy stuff in life and challenging sometimes horrific stuff. But the important thing is to go, okay, this all happened to give me wisdom and to give me non-judgment towards others and gifts. And if we can get to that place and, and work on it, then it gets closer and closer to being able to love ourselves. Because a lot of times we're holding on to that guilt or something we did and we feel we don't deserve to love ourselves when really almost everyone has gone through stuff. They're just not talking about it, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And so you, you, you know, you said a, a, something that, you know, is a is a thing right now. And we, we just kind of alluded to it. But let's talk a little more about it. The idea of that codependency. So we've got our traumas and we've got our, our things. And so let's say that person who got hyper religious and hyper political as an attachment, as a codependency, because they felt lost. So what they want to do is they want to tighten up their illusion of identity. And so this is what I see a lot of people doing people doing what they perceive to be inner work or coaching so they can become more codependent. In other words, I'm going to go into this group, get validation, say I'm doing the work, and they're actually going the opposite direction. What I've encouraged people to do, and I'm sure the three of us would agree with, is do the true inner work, do the shadow work, take a good look at is this identity reality, uh, my vision's in congruency with my mission. And then once we see that, now we can go out and connect. It's not codependency. It's embracing my brilliance that I share with the world to connect, share, and serve. But I'm okay on my own, but I feel even more powerful when I connect. How can we get people to differentiate the two of those things? So doing the inner work, the self-love, the self-discipline, which is the foundation of self-love, so they can build themselves up to connect and not be codependent and addicted to those attachments. What can we do to get people to get to that space? Love yes, it. and I think you, you know, you, the codependence could be a partner or a friend or- 100%, activity, drug, anything, anything. But it also is very common for it to be a motivational speaker group or mastermind or, 100%. you know, um, going to some sort of seminar every week, like just keep filling yourself. And that's great. Heck but yes. if you're not healing deep inside, so sometimes that stuff is focused on surface, which some of it's great because it pumps you up and gets you excited to, to get Thank success you. or goals. And, you know, I've done lots of workshops like that. But then also, like, I think a lot of speakers and leaders, if they can implement and add in a little bit more about the inner work mixed in, I would always do masterminds that were spiritual, mental, and success so that it was like personal stuff, spiritual stuff, and success stuff. Because I feel like it, you have to have all three. Yep. And that will make you a whole rounded, balanced person. And I think these people, if they stop going to the seminars, or stopped, you know, hanging on to a family member or partner, they will be like, wait, I don't really feel that different. You know, I'm still chasing, I'm still chasing that feeling or that dream. And especially if someone's in ego and it's all about success, you know, and, and achieving and buying a Lamborghini. And so I think the more that, the more that we put out that info and it becomes more normal, it becomes, you know, talked about regularly on TV and then media and on podcasts and in coaching, then it starts to spread and people start to accept it as a okay. You know, they have to, some people have to accept it as being okay. Oh, you know what? It's cool to talk about intuition now before yes. maybe it was a little weird. You know, it's becoming more normal. Just like back in the day, it was really weird to be vegetarian. And now you see it all the time, you know? And so I think that's one of the keys is just, is just keeping the conversation going and keep words have vibration. So they have a lot of power. I, I love Chris, you got a question. Go ahead. But I just want to just validate. I love, I love the, the comment of, not all coaches, not all inspirational people are created equal and they come with different motives. You know, there's a person who comes into this pure ego based and they're they're trying to solicit 
you know, look at me and they're thriving off of the numbers and the connections and the Instagram. And then there's a coach who's saying, you know, and I bet the three of us are falling into this category. It's I'm, I'm here to be a, a series of mirrors for you to look more closely at yourself. I've got a tool belt and when ready, I'll hand you tool after tool, but you've got to come better yourself, do the shadow work. It's not going to be all pretty. And I see so many people out there just creating a secondary addiction. It's very, I mean, listen, all yeah. of us are charismatic people. I can go sit on the stage and I used to do this by accident. My, I, my, I thought my superpower was connection. So yeah, rather, me too. <laughs> of course you walk into a room, you can make everybody happy. You tell people what they want to hear. You can do this stuff. And so you have a thousand people in a room walking out and go, that was amazing. I feel so good. Okay. So great. So I'm a, I'm a big glass of wine for you in this moment. That's <laughs> bullshit. But it is. Wow. And then when you leave, they're like, what did he talk about? He, they said that funny thing. I don't know. I felt good. Or what does that mean? Like, what are you taking away? And you're taking right. shit away. And so I would challenge anybody who's listening right now. Why are you even listening to the show? Are we, are we something that's a bandaid or a drug and you listen to it because it's validating something you need? Or are you whole without us? And we provide an additional added value or a nice connection. So in other words, we're just a cup of coffee to enjoy the morning with or, you know, in the evening or whatever, whenever you're watching this. But I don't I don't ever want to be somebody's drug at all. And right. so how do we get people to to differentiate and find the difference? Because, you know, people and, and we get those people come to coaching. We just want you to cheerlead for them mm -hmm. versus help them look more deeply and make change. How do we help people differentiate that and recognize are they in a trauma response or are they really ready to grow? That's a great point. I, I think questions, you know, and, and seeing if they can answer them, but asking the quality of our questions a lot of times depend, gives us the quality of our life. And so, you know, what did you get out of this? How is it changing your life? You know, how do you feel with your inner peace? You know, do you feel like you know yourself deeply? Because a lot of people will say they don't feel like they know themselves you know, besides love themselves, they'll go, so many people, you know, it's very common in like midlife crisis, for example, like men will, you know, sometimes men who have not worked on themselves will hit 50 plus or whatever, and suddenly just flip out and like go buy a car and do a makeover and get a girlfriend and leave their wife and all these crazy things. But it's very common for them when you ask the questions, why are you doing this? Why are you unhappy? They really don't know. Because it's a running escape. It's an escape, you know, and that's that's just one example. You know, there's many examples, you know, people, people doing excess of anything can be an escape. But asking the questions, how is this working for me? You know, um, can I see my life going smoothly and happily in the next five years and growing as a person? You know, and, and there's going to be some people who just don't and they don't care and they're they're content in their either misery or just complacency. So, I mean, we have to accept that too. True, true. And, and one of the things that I was thinking about when you guys were talking and kind of like, you know, okay, we got the self-love aspect, we got the awareness aspect. For me, when I think about my journey and the people that I've helped, and especially right now, I want to talk to you, like you just brought up the 50-year-olds. I think a lot of our audience is probably in that 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 demographic, you know, 30 to 70. Um, and I'm finding a lot of people are 
comfortably miserable. We kind of talked about that, the mediocrity, the complacency, and they're getting to a point in their life now, especially with COVID and everything else, they're reevaluating what their why is. Like, you know, when I find people who know what their why is, they find what their how is and they're committed and their passion, especially. And I think people are going through that kind of like influx right now. Like, what's my real why? And they're realizing time is going by faster than ever before. What are your recommendations for people to get in touch with what their true why is? Yeah. And I do that with goal setting too. And, and you know, it just popped in my head. We need to go deeper and say, why is that your why? <laughs> oh, oh, we, yeah. You got to layer it. You, you That's, let them sit on it for a minute and you keep why going. Is that your why? You know, and, and what is that going to do for you? You know, getting yeah. deeper. I love that. That just popped in my head. A lot of times I'll say, you know, why do you deserve this? You know, um, what is it going to bring you? You know, who are you going to help? A lot of times we have to go deeper and, and, and are you going to serve anyone or is this just totally about you? And then that, there's a problem there because that's not going to lead to happiness, you know, and um, just helping people to most people in really strongly in ego don't even know they're in ego. They're just living that way. And yeah. so helping them get to a place to know, you know, asking those questions to know, I'm why are you doing this? Is that buying all those things making you happy? You know, and but a lot of people will just continue running. And and I know somebody too that that kind of did that. And they just keep changing jobs because one job's not making them happy. They go to another job and then they go to another job. Yeah. And so I think for the listeners, ask yourself, you know, is there any patterns that I'm doing that I'm seeing that sound familiar with what us three are talking about today? And is that helping me? You know, is there anything I need to shift? And being okay with getting a coach, you know, or a therapist or a, a healer to help you, even just one session sometimes, but usually more, um, just help you to kind of break through. Because if we're in it, a lot of times we're stuck in some sort of pattern. We're not seeing it as clearly as someone outside of us. True. And so it's okay. I think that that's another one we need to break down is that it's okay to ask for help, you know? More than okay. It's absolutely necessary. Absolutely. It's a, people see it's a sign of weakness, but it's a sign of power. It's a sign of strength. It's a sign of yeah. awareness that you're really going to get to the core of things and you're going to uncover shit that, that, that you don't want to deal with. But ultimately people, this is the thing for me when people say, there, Oh my God, Chris, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Nah, nah, nah. I'm like, okay, we already future. You're already putting in the future what it's going to be. So of course your, your reticular activation system is going to go find that. But I tell people this, yes, it might be hard or challenging. It depends on what perspective you have, but it's always going to be worth it. Like when you guys get on the other side of the, of the work that you need to do, it's going to be so much better. Like you're saying, Kim, you know, sobriety, I do the same thing, right? I drink a way a lot less than I used to, because now I understand why it was that I did that. So now it's more for recreation purposes, sometimes for pain or whatever. But now, even when I take breaks, like I just didn't drink for two and a half months. And now when I drink, it's like, I'm missing out on something. I'm missing out on the moments, you know, I'm waking up. I'm not as clear. I'm not as, I'm not as, you know, I'm not as a part of the world that I really want to be and should be. So now my perspective is really shifting, which is kind of freaky. But one thing I want to ask you about, and we were talking about why and talking about love and everything. What are some of the common, you know, excuses that you hear from your coaching clients about why they don't want to do something? Uh, like I was saying, it's going to be hard. What are some of the excuses that you hear? Cause I'm the no excuses coach um, and, and ways that you help people get over those excuses. Right, right. Yeah. And I wanted to quickly um, bring up one other little thing that I think is helpful is, is, you know, we, we can't help it as humans, most of us are going to be influenced by people in the public eye. And so it's so helpful and motivating to look at people who have done 
stuff that you kind of are afraid to do. And so like, for example, I'll talk about like, cause of, cause of Christopher being such a rock star, um, somebody like Steven Tyler and Nikki six, you know, you look at them and you go, Oh my God, they almost died. And they, they did all these drugs and now they're sober and they're like present and they're so intelligent doing these powerful things in the world, you know, and, and just looking at people who have struggled and been open about it, you know, Heather Locklear, she was, she was like, you know, really falling down and she's made such a comeback and she's just open about it. Like, yeah, you know what? I did this. I went to rehab. I, you know, struggled and I'm good now. So I think that's a big one to help people to not feel alone in it and make it that it's all okay. As for the excuses, a big one, people, I love to ask people when they say an excuse, say, is that a fact? Ask them, is that a fact? Because most, almost nothing is a fact. It, it, almost everything can be changed. Even things that you genetically kind of habits that you got from like your grandpa or whatever, you can actually change most of them if you really consciously want to. And so asking them, is that a fact? Because most people will say, oh, that's just how I am. Oh, I'm late all the time. That's just how I am. I don't know. I can't not be like that. And you ask them, how is that working for you? Um, mm -hmm. What are you getting out of it? Because almost always they're getting something out of that excuse. They're getting some kind of benefit. Like, oh, well, I don't have to be as responsible. I just say this excuse and then I'm mm -hmm. okay. You know, um, oh, I always sucked at, like for me, I have never been good at dancing. I would always say, oh, I suck at dancing. And, and then I ended up being in a rock group years ago. And we actually did a burlesque dance. And I was... Terrified and petrified, terrified. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just push myself and do this. And I ended up doing it. It took me a little longer and got out there and, you know, kind of surpassed my excuses of not being good at it, you know? And so I think that's that's the way is just to, to kind of challenge your clients and yourself, you know? Is that a fact? Oh, yeah. It's right on point. I love it. Yeah, we hear all of it. Yeah, that's some great questioning. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's like I love the people that say, you know, I'm not a morning person. I'm like, okay, so are you a success person? You know, when you think about what the research that I did, and I read Robin Sharma's book, uh, The 5 a.m. Club, which really just like kind of woke me up a little bit. And you look at all the successful people, they wake up and they own that first hour of the day. Aubrey Marcus wrote a book called How to Own the Day, which for me, when I first saw it, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get this. Like owning the day, what fucking big deal is that? I want to own my life. I want to own the world. I want to own the year, owning the day. But I got the book and because I, I really liked him. And I started to realize, I'm like, wow, when you really truly own the day when you wake up that's when i started doing my intentions i would wake up anyway in the morning and say what i'm grateful for before my eyes even open and that was a good way to start the day but then i started setting the intentions like okay what am i going to be intentional about today and own that day and then when i read will smith's book um, his recent one, I don't know if you guys read it, but it's amazing. And mm. the first story he talks about his dad, his, uh, him and his brother had to build this brick wall essentially at his dad's work. And they kept, they go, went there every single day after school and they were, and Will's just like, Oh my God, this is going to take forever. And God, this is a pain in the ass. And his dad came out there and said, listen, yeah, it's going to take a while. All you got to do is focus on that one brick at a time, perfectly <laughs> lay that brick one at a time. And you will ultimately, you will build that wall. Um, so when I, when I, when I, dogs, when I think about, you know, taking that progressive action to own the day, what recommendations do you have, uh, for people to, to like change their perspective and not about not being a certain type of person to be able to get through and really truly own that day on their right, terms? Right. I love that. Yeah. Deciding like, why is that a fact? You know, I don't, I don't need to 
to tell myself constantly something that's actually going to make me be more defeated. And so I love that you did that and you read the books and all that to make sure. And I think that people, uh, the biggest one is the negative self-talk that people feel like they have to believe it. Like, okay, well that came in. So that means it's real. And a lot of times the negative self-talk is going to come in and say, well, I'm only this kind of person. Um, I won't be as good enough as someone like that person, you know, and I always say, how high is your ceiling? You know, how, how high is your ceiling? Some people believe their life can be 25% good. Some people believe 50% good. Some people believe it could be a hundred plus, you know, and just limitless. And so I think getting into that, like questioning those thoughts and going, I don't need to pay attention to them. I can throw them away. You know, I can throw them out in the ocean. I can throw them out in the universe. I can um, file them away in the back of my mind. And and you can tune in each time they come in and go, okay, is that who I want to be? No. Why do I have to pay attention to that? You know? And so I think it's the self-awareness is so key to all of that is the more we can tune in, like Jim Rohn said, work harder on yourself than you do on your job. That's because it's because if we work harder on ourselves, we're going to be successful at love and career and, you know, just being, you know, a lot of people it's in America is kind of sucky at just being, you know, Europe takes the siesta time, a lot of Europe and, you know, takes that downtime. They give people a couple months of vacation a year here. Everyone feels guilty for taking two weeks off, you know? And so I think that too is just getting good at being. And so questioning everything. I know I already said the questioning, but I really feel that everything is determined by the power of your words, your questions and your thoughts. Um, obviously your actions and your behaviors too, but it all starts with, with what you're thinking and saying. Love it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Other questions? Sorry, Scott? For, sorry for the Larry dog in the background. Oh, you no, no, you, no, you're good. No, you're good. Um, <laughs> wow. We've already been talking for 40 minutes. This is crazy. Um, one of the things I definitely wanted to ask you is, is, as being a spiritual healer, being an intuitive coach, um, talk to us about, you know, the type of clients that you attract and some of the processes that you help them work through. I know we've talked about quite a number of things today, but specifically when people come to see Kim, what are some of the services and the, and the benefits that you provide through your specific coaching and who is that you like to work with the most? Yeah, yeah. I I do work with men and women, but I end up attracting mostly women um, that are wanting to be stronger in being a light worker, being intuitive, um, sometimes adding intuition to their business, the self-love aspect, getting rid of fear, getting rid of doubts and limiting beliefs. Definitely, if someone just feels blocked and stuck, I help them get unstuck through different things like NLP, um, forms of life coaching. I do intuitive readings. I use oracle cards and crystals and chakra healings and um, guided meditations, all of that. And um, just the combination of all of that, I end up working one-on-one with people. Before the pandemic, I would do a crazy amount of masterminds and workshops and things like that. But like I said, I add spiritual to the business and personal and hopefully getting back to that soon. I missed, I was, I realized I was doing like 80% in person and live things. And then that shifted all to virtual, like most people. And so that's been interesting because I was feeling like something's missing. And then I'm like, wait, no, 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 no. I got to catch myself. Like, I got to go inward and still be happy and okay with how things have shifted. And then the other stuff is a bonus, you know, when it comes. Amen. 
I love it. Um, one last question for you. Um, and when you just said that you said the word fear and so many people have go, go through life with fear. And we talk about here on the show, you know, you could either, and Scott has taught me this, you know, you can either look through the lens of love or look through the lens of fear. And of course with fear comes scarcity and everything else and the limiting beliefs. Talk to us about maybe yourself or a coaching client that you've helped with a specific fear about something and what you did to walk them through the process to be able to kind of shed that fear and that scarcity and whatever was behind that to ultimately kind of embrace their self-love and embrace their why, like a overall story. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a great example for to get rid of fear. First of all, I think it's important. I always say, you know what, give yourself that permission 10% of the time or whatever to just feel fear or feel frustration. I mean, sometimes right now, you know, you watch the news and you're like, what, uh, you know, what's going on? Like, what? Or you could say it. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I believe definitely in having that shit talking time and just getting it out because we're yeah. human and, and it would be crazy to think you're going to be all positive and sunshine all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in that. Um, no one is perfect. You know, uh, for fear, I, I do feel like I had someone that was scared of opening her own business because she had failed at another business before. And so she thought she was going to fail again. And so I said, okay, list, list all the fears about it you have. And so she listed them and there was probably like seven. And then I had her read them. And then I said, okay, now I want you to spend 10 minutes. I'm going to time you and list as many positive outcomes and possibilities that you can think of out of your imagination, anything and everything is possible and just go. And she's like this, you know, it could be successful. I could make a ton of money. Great connections could come out of this, whatever. And she ended up making a list of like 30. And I had her read all of those. And as she's reading the positive possibilities, her whole physiology and her enthusiasm came out. And so when she was done, I told her, do you realize how open and excited you were when you were reading those? I said, now, how do you feel about the fears? And she goes, wait, they're not there anymore. Yeah. And so a lot of the time it's just outweighing in your mind the positive possibilities because maybe the fear is always going to be there a little bit because we're just human but outweighing them with what possibly could happen is going to train our mind to look for the good amen i love it i love it kim summers egglesey thank you thank you any final questions or comments mr scott goyette no, I love it. I think it's uh, it's great. I, I love the fact that we were talking about the idea of intuition, not addicting, addicting to you know, being addicted to co <laughs> coaches. In a dick, what? <laughs> don't be a dick. <laughs> I just don't be a dick. Um, not being addicted ice cream to, cone was the one I heard yesterday. <laughs> not, not being addicted to coaches that are only there for your codependency and your trauma issues, and finding those people intuitively who are actually holding the mirror to you to create accountability. So I would take that as a beautiful summary. I loved it all. Awesome, yeah, I loved awesome. being on your show. This is one of the best conversations I've had on oh, something. Cool. And so you guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I love it. I love it. I love it. Where can people get a hold of you to continue this conversation, my dear? Yeah, I'm on every social media under Kim Life Coach or Kim Summers Egglesey. And then KimLifeCoach.com. And my podcast is TalkPurposeAndTruth.com talk purpose talk purpose and truth.com make sure you guys get that in the audio and then again uh www.kimlifecoach.com connect with her ladies and gentlemen come on kim this has been an awesome conversation Thank i you appreciate guys. you so much we appreciate you so much uh, i'm going to stick you backstage here for a second and scott and i are going to close out the show but don't go anywhere because we still want to say thank you after the show's over so ladies and gentlemen kim summers eglacy thank you so much for being here don't go anywhere don't go anywhere where is it <laughs>
where's my button? Where's my button? There's my button. <laughs> I was like, where's my button? My camera's right in front of my button. So Scott, man, what an incredible conversation. I love Kim. I love the fact that, that the thing I love about her is that, you know, so many people can, can not necessarily on our shows, but want to come on and, and, and show how great they are and how accomplished they are. And I love how she just dived. She just dove right in and said, Hey, here's the situation I've got going on in my life. Here's the things that I learned from the pandemic. Here's the things that I got in touch with myself and really wanted to work through. And on the other side of that, now she's feeling so much more clarity and so much more self-love and respect for herself. She's only just going to become a better wife, a better mother, a better coach, a better person in society. So I absolutely love the conversation. I love the, uh, the, the tips that she gave. What about you? You just gave a beautiful summary. So in believing, um, in believing, and then actually just doing the work, you know, she's believing she's, you know, living, she's finding that clarity. So belief is that foundation, um, making mistakes, stumbling, owning that, you know, talking about the person who had the negatives about the job or whatever. I mean, that's part of human conditioning to date and spinning that by believing you can and focusing on the positives is everything. So I think she said it great very sincere, very authentic, very vulnerable. I'm going to give it two thumbs up, Chris. <laughs> two thumbs up. Two thumbs up and a kick ass. Oh, yeah. Go. No, definitely, guys. Connect with her. Connect with her once again. Connect with her at www.kimlifecoach.com. And, of course, uh, her podcast. Check it out. I listened to a couple of shows. It's awesome. Uh, www.talkpurposeandtruth.com. Love it. Check her out, ladies and gentlemen, Kim. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, join us here next week. The Unfiltered Experience, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I was just checking, Scott, next week, we don't have a guest. So I'm thinking maybe we just free flow and just do a show with ourselves. And perhaps maybe you guys out there in radio and TV land can uh, send us some ideas of maybe some conversations, some topics that you'd like Scott and I to riff on, uh, unless we don't have a guest. <clears throat> but that way we can just come to you straight and just have a great conversation with you guys. We love you. We appreciate you guys. You guys are our Unfiltered crew. And as always, uh, a little, little shout out to my sister from another Mr. Serena Buffalino, Help Heal Human humanity go check us out uh, i'm on the board of directors for that i believe scott's going to be doing some stuff with us pretty soon he doesn't know it yet uh help heal humanity.org uh and we're just we're here to uh to really just help heal humanity on an overall uh global scale our hearts go out to the people all over the world the ukrainians the russians everybody our heart goes out to everybody who is struggling who is suffering right now you know take the opportunity from the conversation tonight and again you know it's good to be hyped up and it's good to walk away and we get lots of compliments every week with the show but ladies and gentlemen boys and girls take at least just one thing. I used to say three, just take one thing, just one aspect of this and focus on it for the next couple of weeks. Just really give it intentional focus, whether it's self-love, whether it's fear, whether it's limiting beliefs, whatever it is that we talked about tonight, pick that and make it intentional every single day that you're going to work on that and seek out experts and advice that can help you grow through that. Because I'm, I'm, I'm here today for all of the, the re all the books that I read, all the, all the videos that I continue to watch, the people I surround myself with constantly putting that information in there, constantly doing the work and, 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 and just choosing to grow because it's making me a better person. I get to meet beautiful people like Scott and Kim. So that's our recommendation for you guys. And again, one more time, www.theunfilteredexperience.com. We love you guys. We will see you here next week on The Unfiltered Experience. I am Christopher Roush, and that is... Scott Coyette, loving you guys. Love you long you guys. time. <laughs> we love you long time.